0: Hey there, Mike. Hello, Patrick. We are back again with Pun- the... Yes, uh, very hyped the mas- punchy. You'd but- think we were on coffee. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, we got the, the masters of coffee disasters here. Like uh, actually, not disasters, because these are very refined individuals who take uh, great care with the coffee they brew. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it doesn't
1: have the same ring to it, does it?
0: No, no, it really doesn't. Um, so, uh, Mike, who do we got?
1: We have Mr. Brett Kelly again. Woo! Boom. Mr. Chris Bowler. Howdy. And Mr. Sean Blanc. Aloha. That was very good. I enjoyed <laughs> that. That was like hellos from around the world. It was.
2: it was. Where was my hello from? Exactly, in the world. We're not really <laughs> sure. Places, okay.
1: places unspoken of. Ah, we <laughs> So on this episode, um, last week's episode, we actually we discussed uh, everyone's coffee history and, and the types of coffee that they drink. And on this episode, we're going to discuss the process, um, they, they do, and the equipment that they use into how they make their favorite drink. Now, Brett, Sean, on the last episode. Um, well, he's been holding on for about four or five days now to find out the answer to the question of how you roast. So why don't you kick us off with sort of how you, because you you actually roast at home, don't you? I do. So why don't you kick us off telling us about the, the process from roasting to when it um, is in the cup.
2: From soup to nuts, from as
1: soup it were. To nuts, yeah.
2: All right. Um, well, I, we talked about where I got the beans on the last a week ago on the last show. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, the the equipment I use to roast. Uh up until somewhat recently I had what was what was known is a, a Hearthware iRoast 2, which is a little machine. It kinda of like one of those little goofy food processors you can buy for like 30 bucks, like the you know, just a real small guy. Um and it's an air roaster. So it just blows hot air through this little chamber and the beans spin around and over the course of like eight or nine minutes they roast. Um but we moved a few months back and that thing Kind of got bounced around a little bit and suffered some damage. So, uh, about let's see, my, my, two months ago, a month ago or so, uh, I bought a Baymore 1600, which was a bit of an upgrade. But that is a uh, drum roaster, so it's got a big mesh like cylinder inside that rotates over like a heating element, and it's not it doesn't roast by hot air, it's just like a, a convection style roaster. I think they're called Confection, not convection. Um, not. Con- <laughs>
1: The sugar and roaster
2: <laughs> that was three, um, so yeah, and it takes a bit longer, but it also roasts a lot of coffee than the other one did. But after that, um, I roast the coffee, and it takes about a half an hour, including has its own built-in like cooling cycle, so it cools everything down. Um, and yeah, after that, I I take the coffee inside and I put it into a little airtight container, where I stare at it for about half an hour, and then I go to bed. The next morning, uh, <laughs> open it up. And it makes the most fantastic hissing sound when all the like gases and stuff that have been dorking around in the jar all night like fly out, and it smells fantastic. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so then I I put exactly two heaping scoops of the delicious coffee beans into my uh, Solus Maestro Plus um, burr grinder,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which, slight sidebar, uh, burr grinders are sort of n- n- necessary if you're going to be like serious about the coffee because. Well, for a whole host of reasons, which we can get into later, I guess. Um, and once it's ground, I put it into my Technovorm Mocha Master, some model number that I can't remember, and it's like a regular uh, drip coffee maker. But it's uh it's powered by well, it runs off of the temperature of the water. So there's a heating element inside of it that when you you know pour the water in and turn it on, like it just heats the water up to uh, the boiling point or just below it, I think. And then the water, the temperature of the water forces it up through this tube and then over the top. Onto, onto the grounds and then into the pot so it's it looks like the kind of thing you you'd see in a movie like the depicting like 1950s nasa you know like a big <laughs> ugly thing lots but, of tubes and and metal like switches right well no not at all but something like that anyway <laughs> uh <laughs> maybe that was the wrong description uh and yeah and then i pour it into a, a mug that's usually got already got a little bit of hot water in it that I dump out so the, the coffee doesn't get cold too fast, wow. and then I drink it. Yeah, it's pretty. I'm a. Oh, you want to hear a little uh, brewer trick? So let's run it. Um, so when you put your grounds in your coffee maker, your coffee pot, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, the maker, uh, you know, the brew basket at the top, uh, put a tiny bit of water, like drizzle a little bit of water over the top of the grounds before you start brewing, because that will keep. If if the beans are really reason, recently roasted, they'll be pretty uh likely to little bits will fly off like just from static electricity. And so you pour a little bit of water there to keep everything together. That's called flowering. So and then you just start the brew and it works fine. But I mean like a like a teaspoon of water. Nice tip.
1: Mm. That is an intense
2: process. Yeah. I pee it out later.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: It goes Actually, for all of the same up. inside. Right. Yeah. Just a
3: lot atmosphere. more of a process to the yeah. But <laughs> I it's just just waiting for that to come.
2: <laughs> uh, I do take it to the, to that level, don't I?
1: Well, what happens from when you drink it to no, no, that's fine. Um <laughs> Mr. Polo, what about you sir? What what equipment do you use? What do you love? What what makes <laughs> coffee good for
4: you? Well, I'm sadly not going to be able to follow up in Brett's footsteps that's uh a little more involved than I currently am. I'm actually currently between coffee setups,
1: Okay. So why don't you tell us about what you were using and what you're going to be?
4: Well, I mean, I made the progression from drip um, to French press. I tried a percolator at the same time, um, which I think is fine for camping, but not so fine for um, everyday use. So um, eventually, on Father's Day, uh, not this past one, but the one before, my my wife got me my first espresso machine, which was fantastic. So that has been my my main machine. Um, so I, I kind of stopped drinking pots of coffee and, and basically just ninety percent of the time drank Americanos. Just uh, would brew a double shot every well several times a day and, and just pour some extra water in there, and that was uh, my mainstay. Um, and sadly, that thing just recently died. Um and I tried to go through the steps of, of repairing it myself and sadly just um made it worse. So I'm uh,
1: <laughs> I, I imagine there was just used... coffee spraying out the sides and
4: <laughs> Well no, and actually nothing would come at all until I was scared that the entire thing would blow up from the pressure. So um yeah. Sad sad to see that thing go. It was it wasn't like a real high end machine, but it was it was consistent and made a great cup of, of coffee every time, so um, so I'm currently using my French press or even on some days, uh, I'm ashamed to admit it, just a regular drip coffee maker, but um, I have just recently from a great site called, uh, toys and tools or tools and toys. I can never remember which way, but I bought a, an Aeropress, press. So I'm just waiting to try that out. Some
1: term. dude does that site. Yeah. Some dude. Just some guy.
4: Um, so I'm looking I'm forward to that. Messing. I tend to, um, Buy my beans. Uh, I, I do have the popcorn maker, so I want to try the whole trick of, of finding green beans and roasting them myself. I haven't made that step yet, and I don't have um, a proper burr grinder. So when I do buy my beans, I tend to buy them from a from a cafe where they can do the grinding for me. Because, um, like like Brett said, if you if you don't have a proper grinder, you're just not going to get a good cup of coffee. So, so that that is my general setup right now, um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the AeroPress trying that out. If you are in the market for a grinder and
2: like if you want to keep expenditures down, you can Mm -hmm. get a really good quality uh, hand grinder. They sell those. My buddy has one and they work really well. And they're like, I think they're like 50 or 60 bucks US. Um, And they work just as well as like the, uh, maybe. Sweet Maria sells them. I know that. Let me look up. the. It's like some weird, super
4: long German name. It starts with a Z. I definitely am into the hand grinding process. So I'll check that out manual grinder. there's actually
3: like a nice uh nice ceramic hand grinder that's featured on that uh, tools and toys website you guys are talking about i'll buy that some guy oh yeah <laughs> okay so the one i got my buddy is the
2: hario skirt hand crank coffee mill and it's 40 bucks and it works really well nice hmm. so yeah I'll, hmm. well, I'll we'll put a link in the show notes <laughs>
4: <laughs> Appreciated.
1: Why don't we hand it over to the fantastic proprietor of that Tools and Toys website, Mr. Sean Blanc. What, what, what sort of equipment do you use?
3: Ah, jeez. Um, I have like a drip coffee maker. I have one of those stovetop Turkish coffee makers. Um, oh, the I like two- Yeah, I think so. Do you, do you like that thing? I've never used one no, of those. I've never been able to get a good cup of coffee out of it.
2: It's always... Really? Well, they're pretty really gnarly cuz you just put like super finely ground coffee in there and you just drink it. You don't ever like the grounds don't come out. It just you, you drink them as I recall. Is that
3: right? Um no, the it, it pushes it through. You've got the it's the it's the the two-part thing, the steel. Um it's what Oh, uh, you're talking about a, a, bo- a boka pot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: Okay. So. Ebrick is like a little just like a little tall like saucepan looking thing. Oh, where water. you do the fl- where you flash boil it? The Turkish thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah. Okay, you,
1: you I've you had that. and That's well really good. Be speaking another language at this point, I think. There's a lot of terms that went straight over my head then, but it's all it all sounds very interesting.
2: Well, well, we're we're talking about it. Let's let's go through and figure out what's uh, you know, what confused you, Michael.
1: Um, <laughs> the the equipment names and the flash boiling and the, there's lot lots of things I didn't get there.
2: Okay, well, let's let
3: Sean finish his description, and then we can we can nerd out on that stuff for a bit. Yeah, what do you think? Please. Yeah, that or, sounds great. So, um, so I used to be, uh, in the French press, I would do French press every day. And then, um, I got a siphon pot, which is, uh, really, really good, but really, really involved. Um, and so then I, I actually through Brett's recommendation and, uh, through Marco, I ended up getting a, uh, AeroPress, which is my new favorite way. So I, um, so I, I buy my beans at Costco, like we discussed on a uh, previous show. And then um, keep them in airtight container. Then I, I grind them up. I've got a Breville uh, burr grinder. It's a conical burr grinder. And then um, I brew them in the uh, the AeroPress. I just usually have just one cup a day, and that's it's great.
0: Yeah, I actually I. Ha- that's the thing with me, right? Is I have an Aeropress. I have I have all of this equipment. I just never use it. <laughs> uh, uh. Aeropress is actually. I think the Aeropress is easier than,
3: it's maybe not easier, but pretty close to being as easy as the drip coffee maker. But it's also the cleanup of an Aeropress is is really what I love. Like it, it makes really good coffee, uh, yeah. but it's also the cleanup is a cinch. And since I make coffee every single day, uh, having a a thing that basically like you you i always say plunge but that's got to be the the worst description you could you could use yeah, to describe works. making coffee i plunge the coffee but uh whatever it is you know you press it with the Aeropress, press and then when you're done you just kind of move it over to and above the garbage can you unscrew the little plastic cap and you you just pop the rest right into the garbage and then you uh you rinse it and you're done yeah. as opposed to a drip coffee maker you've got to wash out the pot you've got to uh, it's you know it's just etc so
1: much, I like the Aeropress are we pretty much in agreement as a group that for a single cup of coffee the Aeropress is probably the best way to go I gotta I try so. it first Chris what did you for say? Sure.
4: I, I just said I want to you know I have to try it first I haven't had one like um, I do like the shot of espresso um, with some water I had a hard time beating that Myself, so well, I'm and that's sort of what the scene. Aeropress does, right? Yeah, yeah it's the AeroPress basically sort of makes coffee that way. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's kind and of it's like, an,
3: and it's a hand espresso maker,
4: basically. Exactly, and that's that's what I'm looking forward to. So glad to hear it. Seems like you know, and and, and,
0: what's, and what's interesting is I will use the Aeropress when we are away. Uh, so when we went camping. Uh, or not camping, I'm sorry. When we go up to our family cabin, we bring the Aeropress. Uh, when we went on our big, long road trip this summer, we brought the Aeropress because you know we weren't sure kind of what we were going to get in the hotels. Um, about the only place we didn't use it was when we were in the uh, the greater Boston metro area because, uh, well, my, my wife uh, is a big fan of Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> um, and 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 of you know I whose mean, wife it's, isn't it's, a fan of Dunkin' Donuts. Well I mean this it's that's kind of a it, it's our you know almost a ritual. Like every single morning we had we went and got some Dunkin' Donuts and got a cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee, and that was our that was our morning ritual. Um, but uh, in all other circumstances, we use the Aeropress, and that's the thing. I I love the coffee that gets made in the Aeropress. Uh, you, it, there is a bit of finesse to it that you. It really helps to read the Aeropress manual, um, so you don't make mistakes like I made early on, like. Using an espresso grind Uh, because you because (laughs) in your mind, well, because in your in your mind, no, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing at that situation. Well, right, because in your mind you're thinking, oh, well, this is a kind of a you know, this is an espresso maker. You're just kind of making it manually, and Mm, so sure, right, exactly, and so you. Think. well, Okay. Well, I'm going to go get some espresso beans and get them espresso ground. That's a big mistake. Why is that? See, I have no idea. Why is that a big mistake? Um, the
2: AeroPress big, grind has to be uh, drip. It's drip it, coarseness.
0: Right. It has to it has to be a drip coarseness because it really does work off of off of pressure. And if <clears throat> and with a um, an espresso grind is much finer. It's a much finer grind, and so when you when you put it in there and you mix it up with the water, that water gets a lot more dense, um, uh, almost soupy, um, and it becomes very, very difficult to push it through the filter at the bottom. Then you can uh, just
3: have coffee for lunch, <laughs>
0: exactly. which is not a bad idea. Well, you <laughs> which know what?
3: i mean actually i do i do grind the beans uh, espresso uh fine oh, yeah. I, I grind them really fine for the uh and what I do is i just stir it really really well. i've got some bamboo stir sticks that I use, yeah stir it up pretty well and then i mean it definitely uh has a lot of pressure yeah but uh and then but I brew it quickly oh okay.
2: I'm just imagining Sean positioning like a piece of plywood over the top of his AeroPress and <laughs> standing
0: on it.
3: <laughs> I don't think I have one of those those double those Bodum double wall mugs and uh I don't think they, I don't I don't know if they would handle it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I am sometimes afraid I might just
1: just <laughs> squeeze it too hard in your brute strength moment.
3: You know, like stepping on a tin can.
1: So but when we're talking about um, grinders and stuff, um, I've heard mentioned burr grinders. Now, uh, my understanding is it's a different process of the way that the actual grind comes out, so the way that the machine works. Yeah. Yes, uh, sir. Is any, yeah, go on, Brett, because you, you said something first. Can you explain <laughs> to me why a bur gr- burr grinder is better and what the alternatives are and why they're not so good?
2: Um. Well, typical burr grinders are, well, like Sean mentioned, are conical. So they have like um, let's see how best way to explain it. Like imagine like a, a cone shaped, uh, metal thing with a bunch of, you know, hard spots on it and like a, a complementary piece that fits over the top of it. That sort of creates a smaller or bigger space between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, uh, you adjust the, that, that distance depending on what kind of grind you want. But effectively you're just, you're crushing the beans between those two pieces of metal, which is giving you a consistent grind for, you know, your coffee. Um, As opposed to a blade grinder, which is the the twenty dollar guy that Patrick has, that you just put it in, you know, put it in the top, push the button, and a big metal blade spins around and grinds it up. Um, That produces
3: it's because it more like chops it up.
2: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And it well, you get really inconsistent shape and size. Right.
3: Um, So so I assume that you
1: to make the best brew, you would want. um, Well, I don't know if "brew" is the right word. You would want um the, the the coffee to be ground consistently.
3: Right, mm-hmm, because right. if you have if it's ground chunky or it's ground really fine, the coffee's gonna extract differently while it's in the water. And if you've got all sorts of different variations of your beans ground up, you're gonna have some that are extracting differently than the others within the same cup of coffee that you're trying to brew. Exactly. So does anybody
1: have like so we've spoken about sort of what everybody's um situations are at the moment. Does anyone have any equipment that is like in the, like you know, like up in the sky from stuff that they would love to have, like dream equipment, but yet can't lay their hands
3: on? I'd like to have going to really buy one of those nice... espresso machines. Correct. Go ahead. Uh, nope. I was going to say I'd rather have a nicer
2: grinder. Yeah, My, uh, you can get a really nice grinder for not that much money, even like an electric
3: one. Yeah, I've got a pretty decent one, but it's uh, it's it likes static electricity. Oh, no, which what, is frustrating.
1: What's the issue there? does the coffee stick
3: to the, the walls or? Oh, it jumps all over the place. Like oh. to jump out on the counter, yeah. jump out all over my arm. Great!
1: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds great. <laughs> it's like an adventure every morning. Yeah. Whoa, there, guys! <laughs> it's just what you want when you wake up, and the first thing you're doing is just catching coffee flying around the kitchen.
3: Well, I, fig- I used to think it was because the coffee grounds were caffeinated, right? Oh.
1: <laughs> no, Mexican <wow>.
4: jumping beans. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's grinding the wrong beans.
4: Nice. <laughs> I I gotta say, for me, it, it's not the equipment; it's more the bean. Um, you know, I, I want to find the the roaster, the grower um, that that really fits in with things that are important to me, like um, you know, supporting local vendors as much as possible or, or buying beans that are, you know, where the people on the other end are getting paid a fair wage, stuff like that. So for me, it's imfor- important to find that. And I'm really looking forward to um, Adam King's working on a project called Ethical Coffee Company. And I don't know all the details yet, but I know they're getting close to launch. And I'm excited to see uh, what comes of that. Yeah. So to me, it's it's more about the bean than, than the equipment, because I think you can get to a certain level of quality and, and you, without like Brett said, spending a ton of money, um, and you can have that consistent good cup every day. So at that point, it's all about the bean.
1: Now, Brett, what multi-thousand-dollar piece of equipment would you is is
2: in your dreams? Uh, the the espresso machine that Patrick mentioned. I think we weren't weren't recording. Yeah, it. yeah, were we?
0: we? It. No, no, we were. I, my, no, we weren't. Uh, okay, okay that friend. was last week. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I, we weren't recording that last
0: week. So why don't you, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Patrick? <laughs> It what is it the Rancilio Silvia? Yeah, Um, and yeah, uh, on Amazon it's about seven hundred bucks. Yeah, that's like the entry
2: level home espresso machine, like
0: the like for coffee dorks.
2: Right. Well, the one. um, Yeah, I mean, you obviously can get some fifty dollar piece of crap at Target that will look and act like an espresso machine, Um, but yeah, this is, I think according to most of the coffee dork sites i've read this is sort of the minimum allowed espresso machine and you can buy bigger one better ones from there
0: well and a friend of mine actually has one of these he's like my best friend and so uh, i on a fairly regular basis when i'm over at his place he'll pull a shot uh, uh, from this machine and it's just you know it, you know, it's it's loud and it it sounds like it's going to attack uh, at any moment. And uh, but when all is said and done, uh, you have a really fine cup of espresso. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can you can you can spend some serious money on this
2: stuff. Yeah, I think that's the interesting part about like the uh, the boutique or gourmet coffee discussion is always um, comes back to like the price of the stuff that you need. And I've been thinking a lot about this recently. Uh, I got a buddy who wants to get into it; and doesn't have a lot of cash and stuff. So, um, and you can put together a really respectable, um, high-quality home coffee setup for like very little money, probably with un- under fifty bucks.
0: Well, I mean, if you get yourself an Aero AeroPress and a canonical burr grinder on the cheap, and there yeah. you go, right? Well, and especially
2: with the coffee beans themselves, um, those are it, it. Really, is so much less expensive. To roast your own beans, and you obviously have to recoup the cost of the whatever roasting machine you get, and you can you can roast on your barbecue with a. Um, my brother uses like a, there's those uh, popcorn poppering like sauce pans with a handle that has a crank on it that turns a little arm across the bottom. Do you guys know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
2: okay, mm-hmm. and so he, I mean, those are like thirty or forty bucks, and you can do like two pounds of coffee at a time over his charcoal grill. So oh. there are definitely like lo fi ways of doing it that don't cost hundreds of bucks. But yeah, when you're getting coffee for three, four bucks a pound, and even with the loss in yield, you're still coming out way ahead versus like a twelve dollar pound of coffee at you know Starbucks or at the grocery store.
3: No, and are rant. You, yeah, are, well, well, and are the you? quality. Brett, tell me about this. Right. you because you you roast your beans at night before you brew them in the next morning, right? Um,
2: not well. Uh, sometimes I use I try to give it a day of rest between. Like roast it one, you know. Say roast it Monday night, and then Wednesday morning I'll brew that, and I hopefully have some for Tuesday.
3: Uh, if I so don't are you Tuesday, always I'll like I'll a, roast that stuff. Okay, so you're not all, you're not roasting every night, and then 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 you're not 36 hours behind. Oh no no time. no! Like I roast once or maybe twice a week. Okay, so you'll roast like a whole pound worth. Yeah yeah yeah.
2: Because the coffee's uh, okay. good after roasting, it's good for like two weeks. Okay, and that's like, according to like the purists. Right right right. After two weeks, it starts to go stale. And what do you keep? It? Wouldn't uh, it. I've like, uh, what do you know is like glass jars with the rubber lined lids that kind of clamp on, I'm trying uh-huh. to describe that's that kind of thing. But yeah. the coffee is usually is in my cupboard for six, six days or less.
3: Cause I've re- I've recently been looking at getting one of those. It's not like a vacuum seal jar, but it's similar where mm-hmm. it's got like a, a, a plug that goes inside the jar and you push it down, uh, to the level of the coffee beans, so it basically pushes out any extra air huh. that's in there, other than just what's th- to the top of where the coffee is. And so, if you've got a sixty-four ounce canister and you've only got thirty-two ounces worth of uh, beans, you don't have half of it. Isn't just air when you seal the lid? You push it all the way down. Nice, right? That's so, really cool.
1: So, air ruins the the coffee, does it?
3: Yep. Have mm-hmm. it get to it right, and the light. Okay. You want to keep it yeah. somewhere somewhere dark dark and dry and cool and air-free.
1: We all know Mm. them
0: places. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I keep my kilos, man. That's where my wife sends me when she's mad at me. (laughs) Go Um, to the coffee, Patrick. Go
1: Go to the negative zone, Pat.
0: (laughs) So... I wanted to ask you guys about something. Um and I think I mentioned it uh the last episode uh, glancingly, but
3: that was like months ago. I don't even remember. Dude, I know. <laughs> I was dead then.
0: <laughs> uh are you guys familiar with the clover? Yes. All right. For our, okay. So for our, our listeners and those who are not. Um the uh, the clover uh, is a espresso machine and coffee machine that, uh, when they were first developed, they cost like twenty five thousand dollars. I mean, they're they're ridiculously expensive, but they are made and specifically designed to brew the very best possible cup based upon the bean. And they are web-connected. What? Yeah.
1: What? Yeah. You what? So, that doesn't so, make any sense to
0: me. Why would... So, <laughs> well, because... They, they email you when your coffee's ready.
3: That's
0: right. But the other Push thing they pit. do is... They are connected to a database of recipes. For, you know they're specific for the machine uh, and specific to the bean. So, let's say that you get a bean from this specific South American grower. It knows exactly how to grind that bean. You know you just punch in that that's the bean that you have, and the machine knows. Specifically, how to grind that bean, how to – what temperature to brew that bean at for exactly the perfect flavor quality and for exactly how long. In other words, it's designed to make the perfect cup of coffee individualized to each and every bean. That's intense. Yeah,
1: that is more than – most people would ever need, I would assume.
0: So the story goes, and uh, Wired did a, did a piece on this machine uh, maybe two years back now. Howard Schultz, president of Starbucks, finds himself in a not a Starbucks, okay? <laughs> and he you know, walks up to the counter and says, you know, brew me the best cup of coffee you have. Just so happened that the place he walked into – was the coffee shop of the two guys who developed the clover. And you know, they had a clover. And so they just choose the you know, choose the best bean they happen to have, not knowing it was Howard Schultz, not knowing this guy from any other customer, brewed a cup, handed it to him. He gets you know to his table, he sits down, he has a sip, and his mind is blown. And he walks back up and he says, this is the best cup of coffee I've ever had in my life. How did you guys do this? And, you know, they say, oh, you know, we got this company and we're making these machines and, you know, and and we're real coffee snobs and we came up with this concept and this, that, and the other. And Howard Schultz makes them a deal on on the spot and basically buys the company right then and there. (laughs) So... Uh, Howard Schultz is convinced that this is the future of Starbucks, that this will revolutionize the coffee you know, industry and change the way that Starbucks does coffee. And they are currently slowly but surely rolling these out to all of their stores. Wow. Um, so,
3: so, so it's a little bit of a touchy subject. Yeah. Why? Well, I think part of it is. Uh, you know, I got a lot, there's a lot of local coffee shops here in Kansas city that used to have the clover. Right. And, uh, now that Starbucks owns them, uh, they don't supply parts to it anymore, et cetera. So some of these local coffee shops had to, you know, it's a, it's a thirty forty $40,000 investment to get this thing, yeah. your, your thing. Yeah. And then now they're, it's, you know, they're, they can't keep it maintained anymore. Uh, yeah. but also I think the reason that Starbucks is excited about it, it does make a really good cup of coffee. I, I don't know that it, it, um, I don't know that it's, guaranteed the best cup of coffee all the time ever in your life it's only ever downhill from there but I think what Starbucks is interested in with these clovers is that it's a it makes a really good cup of coffee mindlessly and um no offense I have friends that work at Starbucks but they they're the the quality of baristas at Starbucks is probably lower than your average uh high quality local coffee shop like there's a place out here you have to train for two years before they let you be a barista Mm-hmm. And uh, it's this this place called Broadway Coffee. They're actually the first coffee shop in America to put a Starbucks out of business that moved in next door to them. Wow. And mm-hmm. so the the coffee there is fantastic and the, the level of craftsmanship for the baristas making a cup of coffee, um, whether it be the pour over or whatever, the espresso, French press, whatever they make you, is going to be really, really great. Whereas with Starbucks, if they have the clover, you're pretty much guaranteed you can have a 17-year-old working there who's doing it uh, as a summer job, and they can use the clover to make a really good cup of coffee.
0: Well, and not only that, but also they can charge $3 for a 60-cent cup of coffee. I mean, that's the other thing about, uh, about the Well, clover. on a $40,000 machine. <laughs> he, well, yeah. But, you know, Understandably, they're making that investment back, but that, I guess that's one of the reasons why Howard Schultz bought the company right so yeah, he doesn't have totally. to make that investment right totally. you know and that he could still get away by charging the same price for a you know double mocha half-calf skim latte as you know <laughs> uh, you know uh, he could get away charging those prices for a single six ounce cup of coffee how'd you um, know
3: brett's drink <laughs>
2: i was gonna ask the same thing dude
0: You following me
2: So twist of lemon. uh, Don't forget the twist of lemon. Go ahead.
0: There's a there's a coffee (laughs) shop, a really great coffee shop, like I said, close by to me, um, uh, Copland's, uh, and they have a Clover, Um, and uh, and it's a similar sort of experience to what you talked about with the one that put Starbucks out of business, whereby um, he's got three baristas, you know, and he's one of them, the Copland, the owner. Right, uh, and you go into the coffee shop, and it is likely him behind the machine. He owns the machine. He, you know, and he can make any great cup of coffee, even not using that that machine. But the fact that he has it makes it all that much easier. Um, but he, uh, he too has told me that yeah, getting parts, that sort of thing, is a little bit more difficult. It just so happens that. The reason that he has one of these machines is because the guys that invented it um, and who now work for Starbucks were th- their college buddies of his, and and so he's you know faring a little bit better than a lot of people who bought these machines. Um, uh, but yeah, that it, it is an issue, but certainly. I will say that the couple of times I've gone into a Starbucks and they've had a Clover. Um, just uh, recently, this was out at, at Boston on Boylston Street. The uh, the um, the Starbucks is on Boylston in Boston, right across, uh, or basically just kind of a block away, or not even maybe a half a block away from the Big Apple store. There, um, they've got a Clover, and uh, I do have to say that. That cup of coffee was you know on par with the one that I have at the place down the street from me hmm. you know and it is and the clover does afford that level of consistent excellence that um I think is uh is interesting i just i i find it's, it's an interesting story you it know is. It,
1: yeah. I didn't know any of it yeah so um on the last episode, we did not do this part so. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. Um, Chris, where can people find you online?
4: ChrisBowler.com
1: Anywhere else? you got another uh, podcast that you do?
4: <laughs> Creatiplicity.com Which you'll find a yeah. link to on, on my site. <laughs> there you go. I, I hear won't spell it out for it you. Yeah, keep... I hear it's really great.
1: Do, do you, are you a fan of the co-host, Sean?
3: I am. I am indeed.
1: <laughs> okay. Mr. Kelly, where can we find you?
3: Um, you can
2: read my blog at nerdgap.com and you can look at pictures of my sandwiches at brettkelly.org and you can follow me on Twitter somewhere where you go to one of the sites you'll find a link, we're not going to say it, go ahead
1: (laughs) Sean, what sites are you available on and places?
3: Uh, You can find my nerdy web blog at seanblanc.net and I launched a new site recently called toolsandtoys.net
1: which is simply handedly put in the is making everyone on the internet have to remortgage
0: their homes. I mean, seriously, Sean, you gotta, you gotta quit. You gotta stop, or at least start, start putting up some affordable, cheap stuff. You know, what's That's your cool. frickin'
3: problem, dude? Seriously. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm thinking about starting a, a membership subscription to the site where you get a special link that would take you to a blank page with no items on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think people would stop paying for that.
3: And then I would I could charge a monthly fee. If that's you know because it's the, it's self control sold separately. It it's sounds cheaper. like a protection racket now. <laughs> right No, it's a it's a fun site actually. You know I got to say like it's it's nice having a website that's not named after myself. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's actually
1: it's l- lovely you know, pictures. And I cut you yeah. off. Where can we find you on Twitter?
3: Uh, I'm not on Twitter. I'm on Facebook.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Where? How do people find oh, yeah. you on Facebook?
3: Uh, <laughs> <Twitter>. Facebook.com/slash/big <laughs> liar. I'm on Twitter as Sean Blanc.
1: It's fantastic, Pat. Once again, sign us off.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, this has been really great, guys. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your knowledge, and uh, it, it's just been a whole heap of fun. And I hope the I hope the listeners out there really. Uh, uh, understand the joy that translates through. Um, you guys are all, you're all friends and we have a lot of fun together, so thank you very much. Yes,
2: thank you. Happy hey, shopping. Back? Yeah. Hey, where do I send the invoice again? <laughs> uh,
1: send that straight to Sean. Um, he'll
0: take care of that. Okay, okay. Uh, Alright, well Mike, I guess we'll talk later. We
1: will, cheers. <laughs>
0: cheers. cheers.
2: But goodbye.